I would say in 2024, maybe there still is a lot of taboo around anal sex, but I'd just like to get to the point where we all just get to explore it and see, does this feel good to me? Do I enjoy it? Can I let go of limiting beliefs I have around it or even bad experiences I had in the past and start to build up, go slow, explore, and see what feels good? You're listening to Sex with Emily. I'm Dr. Emily, and I'm here to help you prioritize your pleasure and liberate the conversation around sex. I love today's show because I'm speaking to my listeners live and helping them answer their most personal sex and relationship questions. Like, can you only orgasm with straight legs? Well, not to worry. I've got positions and recommendations to help you get there. Nervous that chastity play is giving your partner delayed ejaculation? Well, I help ease your worries and help you collaborate with your partner for mutually fulfilling sex. Plus, we get into other kinky calls like erotic lactation and anal sex. A lot happening in today's episode. Please rate and review Sex with Emily wherever you listen to the show. It really helps us get the show out to more people and we read all your reviews and we so appreciate you. My new article, How to Initiate Sex, is up on sexwithemily.com. Check that out. A lot of you are always asking, like, how do I make the move? That's going to help you out. All right, everyone, enjoy this episode. All right, real talk. Have you tried a penis ring? Well, they're trending in my line of work, and it's probably because penis owners have heard that they're really a game changer in the bedroom. And FirmTech, they're here to upgrade your sex life. Whether you're a seasoned ring wearer or you're just a newbie, they're made from the softest material, so they're super comfortable. This is what everyone loves. They're like, have you felt that FirmTech material? It's like a hug for your penis, but they also mean business because this ring gently restricts blood flow to make sure that you stay harder longer. And if you want to integrate technology with your sex, FirmTech introduced the Tech Ring, aka the Fitbit for your penis. It's like a sexual health coach that wraps around your penis to track the ups and downs, literally, of your erections, monitor your nocturnal erections, which, by the way, is a direct indicator of your overall health, and just gives you this tailored advice on how to achieve peak sexual performance. So treat your penis to a little TLC with FirmTech. Use the promo code EMILY20 to grab a 20% discount on your purchase. That's myfirmtech.com, code EMILY20 for 20% off your purchase. That's firmtech.com. Check it out. Here at Sex with Emily, I believe indulging in self-love isn't just sexy fun, but it's your divine right. Am I right? And plus one, well, they're here to help. They've got a great collection of toys that are easy on the wallet and they're powerful and fun. Now, one of my latest obsessions is the dual stimulation massager from Plus One. It's like the Swiss army knife of sex toys. It's versatile, it's reliable, it's really satisfying. Oh, and they also have this sleek bullet vibrator. It's literally the gift that keeps on giving and I've been handing them out to my girlfriends like Oprah on a giveaway spree because they are that amazing. You get a vibrator and you get a vibrator. Oh, and have you seen the rose toy that's been causing a storm across social media? That's the one that's been buzzing everywhere, pun intended. And the hype is real. It's this little gem and it's not just a trendy fad. It is what you've been waiting for. It looks adorable on your bedside table and it is a good time. So dive into some self-discovery and ecstasy. Hop over to myplus1.com and treat yourself. You deserve it. And don't forget, use code SWE15 at checkout for 15% off. And if you're out and about, you can always swing by CVS, Target, or Walmart and get one for yourself. That's myplus1.com. Use code SWE15 for a 15% discount. This is Donna. She's 33 in Kansas. 
Hey, Donna, it's Dr. Emily. Thanks so much for calling in. How can I help you? Hi, Dr. Emily. Um, I have no problem uh, getting to the magical O during solo play. I am a vulva owner, and usually my partners are penis owners. And when I am with a partner, it does typically take longer. And thanks to your help and all your advice, like I've grown to accept that and not beat myself up over that anymore. But I have learned that there are positions for girlies like me who uh, finish better or faster or just in general with my legs straight instead of bent. But I've only only found one position so far. And uh, it seems like a lot of positions are uh, for bent legs. And I was just wondering if you had like one, two, five, ten different <laughs> recommendations that I could uh, finish with a partner with my legs kept straight. Okay. Well, thank you for your question. And I just want you to know this is really, really common that for a lot of women, this is how we learned to orgasm. We have one way that we learn during masturbation because what happens is when our legs are straight, this changes the position of your pelvis and the clitoris. So with your legs straight, your clitoris is more prominently upward than if the legs are mm-hmm. bent. So when you're straight, you're tightening your pelvic floor, you're clenching this whole area, your muscles are working together, right? And you're squeezing, and then you can have this orgasm, and it's amazing. And that's super common and all good. I definitely have some positions for you, which I will get to, but I also want to invite you to start to explore on your own. Yeah, like what else could possibly feel good when you're masturbating? Because a lot of penis owners do this as well. They have the one way they masturbate with their hands, and it can be sometimes more challenging for them to orgasm with a different kind of pressure or grip. So for you, Mm -hmm. you get to now learn other ways. If you're interested. So masturbation, you could start with your legs straight and start to feel that arousal as you're clenching your legs together. Because what we're doing is you're also pumping your pelvic floor muscles. So you're sort of like it's a pumping and you're able to squeeze and tensing and relaxing. So that's great. But if you start that way, then you can start to breathe. You'll feel the arousal and then see what happens if you bend your legs a little bit. See if you can still have that kind of arousal and then you could straighten your legs again and then you can bend them again and just play around with different sensations because perhaps that could be the way that you start out and then you'll find that there's actually other ways because the cool thing is having a vulva, we have so many nerve endings. And so those are the ones that you've learned to specifically stimulate effectively and efficiently. But then there's other ones that you can explore on your own. Okay. Okay. I will stay curious just because you challenged me to do that. I love it. Well, it sounds like you listen to the show and you're, you know, you know that um, it does take some, you know, you're not going to feel bad about that. It's the only way you can orgasm. I'm just suggesting to you. Okay. So one way to do it is missionary. Missionary position with your legs straight can also be really hot for a penis owner because when you're on your back and your legs are tighter together and you're squeezing, that pressure could feel amazing on his penis. And they actually like that position too, or they can. You could also do a flatter doggy style with your legs together. Laying down on your stomach. Laying down on your stomach. You could put a pillow underneath you, like use a body pillow so you can elevate a little bit your chest and your your pelvic floor area, your stomach. Just play with pillows. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we do not use pillows enough because they completely change up the position. And then also you could try spooning. Even though spooning, your legs are usually closer in, you could also do it that way. 
Okay. Those are some off the top. You could also do your, your legs straight on your partner's shoulders. You could be in missionary and your partner could mm-hmm. be, you could put him over your head or you can put him on one shoulder or the other shoulder of both of his shoulders. Like you could take your legs, cross them even so they're tighter and put it like on his right shoulder or his left shoulder. So you're okay. still having the squeezing, right? Mm-hmm. You could also put them over your head if you're flexible. Well, that <laughs> would be adventurous. <laughs> you know. But it's 2024. Why not? Exactly. See, this is your goal. Your goal is to find other ways for solo play and then try mm-hmm. out some of these positions. Do you have a partner right now? Yes. Okay. The fun thing is our partners, the ones that we want to be with, the ones that have growth mindsets around sex, are excited that mm-hmm. you're finding ways that feel good to you. He'll be down with the experimenting. And then you'll see that you'll be able to adapt in a lot of positions with, with your legs straight, if you so choose. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So first I need to try and make sure that it's not just straight legs. I can open my world up, but then also encourage different positions. Yeah. Just for fun. And just see, see what happens. Yeah. Just see what happens. As long as it feels good, right? Exactly. You want it to feel good to you and you want it to kind of do some mindful masturbation where you're just not thinking about orgasm. You're thinking about Mm -hmm. what else could feel good to me right now? Where can I move my fingers that I haven't? Can I go slower? Can I, you know, take deeper breaths? Can I move in different positions? And probably not being in a rush either. Exactly. Because it's usually like, I'm going to try and pencil this in right now (laughs) because I I need a stress relief. And so therefore leading to some creativity exploration. (sighs) isn't really on the docket. Yeah, no, I hear you. I maybe need to carve out some time. Absolutely. If this is 2024, like, let's just talk about it, Donna. Like, making time for ourselves. We all talk about self-pleasure, self-care, but putting it on your calendar and saying, when am I going to have a night at home? I'm going to take a bath. I'm going to take the time. I'm going to explore. I'm going to, you know, use the body lotion that I love. And I'm going to, you know, charge a new vibrator, use the lube or whatever it is that's for you. And then just taking time. And then when you're masturbating, like we said, you're going to start with your legs straight and then you can slowly bend them in as you're feeling more turned on and just see what happens. And then, yeah, the other positions are just, you know, missionary, flat doggy style, spooning, you know, your legs straight. See how it goes on your partner's shoulder. I like it. I like it too. This is good. This is your year. Let me know how it goes. We're here for you, okay? So keep me posted. Thank you for listening and calling in. I appreciate you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Yeah, have a great day. I love this question. It is so common for vulva owners to have one way that they can orgasm. It's always rubbing their clitoris. And so they think, well, therefore, I can never have an internal orgasm. Or it's always on their stomach or always on their back. And I'm just happy when you can have an orgasm. Like, thank God that's amazing for a lot of vulva owners. We can't have orgasms or it's a little bit harder. So that's great. But then you get to explore because you have 12,000 nerve endings between your legs. So let's just do the math here. There's probably a lot of them that are not being stimulated from this one way that you orgasm. And so for the majority of vulva owners that do take time, just a few extra minutes with the goal of exploration, seeing what else feels good. Taking your hands, moving over your body, your nipples, your inner thighs, you know, basically we're teasing ourselves and finding out all the ways, all the pleasure zones we have, all the paths to pleasure because we have them all over our bodies. This is from Josie. She's 57 in the UK. Hi, Josie. It's Dr. Emily. Thanks so much for calling in from the UK. 
Yes, I, well, I'm actually in Spain at the moment, Dr. Emily, because I'm on my holidays. Oh, good. So um, I'm getting a, a last bit of winter sun before, you know, it really, it really disappears. Oh, yeah, it's coming soon. Well, I'm glad you're it doing is. that. What a great time to talk about sex and think about the new year as you're finishing well, out the vacation. Else. <laughs> exactly. How can I help you? What's going on? Right, so Dr. Emily, what happened was I was married at 20, and so from the age of 19, I was married for 34 years with my husband for 37, and then he passed away um, a couple of years ago. So at 57, I have now found myself in this new weird world of dating. I have met an extremely alpha male who is completely different to my husband, and um, the only question I have for you is he's very into uh, male chastity, edging, loves edging and um, sounding rods which I didn't know until a couple of months ago that was even a thing but when we're together um, sex is very interesting but he never ejaculates internally so I'm wondering if all this male chastity and all this edging that he does has actually done something or is it is it a way of he's managed to ejaculate through me giving him masturbation okay. or oral sex but he could go for hours. And I mean, I know people think that's a good thing, but it's not. Really, it's not. Okay, right. Well, first off, I love where you found yourself right now. You know, in this next stage of life, finding someone that is really fun, yeah. you can play with in the bedroom. So here's the thing. Have you ever talked to him about it? Because he might be okay with not having an orgasm. It sounds like that might be part of the practice. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, at 20, back in 1980-whatever, um, me and my husband didn't really speak about sex. So we had a very vanilla life. Um, and as I said, you, you sort of dream about this stuff, but you don't actually think it's, it's out there. <laughs> so we've had some really in-depth conversations about it. And he loves the feeling of just about, but then not. Oh, edging, right. Okay. Yeah, the edging, he loves that feeling. So he gets a lot of pleasure, he says. And he says it's very rare, I mean, not just with me. With it's not. I've, I've worked out it's not just a me problem, it's a him problem. Okay. So with past relationships, it's been the same. But I seem to feel, I, I feel the, the need he has to do it. And then, it, and then eventually he'll go, oh, I could go on now, right, let's not, let's hmm. not try. Okay. So I just wondered if male chastening that can cause some sort of delayed ejaculation because when I've researched it, there's an awful lot of podcasts and reading out there for premature ejaculation, mm -hmm. but not that much out there about delayed ejaculation. Well, okay, so to get to your specific question is, is all of this play that he's doing, edging, which is actually the process of building towards orgasm and then bringing yourself back down so you don't orgasm. So getting on the edge of orgasm. And he likes to be dominated by you. He wants to take a submissive role. He's super alpha in his life. But during sex, sex becomes like this really connected playground for him where he can, you guys can play things out and BDSM. So it sounds like through all of that, that's part of his sexual arousal cycle is the power play between the two of you. And so what I just want to understand is orgasming might not be part of his process. It might be really hot for him to do all of these things. And if he comes, he comes. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Now, I know you've been able to make him come with your hand or with your mouth, you said, but also for some guys, he might be a delayed ejaculator. Now, delayed ejaculation is almost as common as premature ejaculation. And this is guys who take anywhere okay. between 30 minutes to an hour to orgasm, even when they're yeah. with themselves, typically. 
and they have a lifetime of this. And there's a lot of different reasons for it, just like premature ejaculation. We don't know if it's psychological, if it's a learned behavior. Maybe he's been having sex for a long time too. He might have a pattern of his arousal. So it just means that that's just how he's patterned. I don't know if it's specifically because of what he did. Maybe he got into all of this stuff because he was a delayed ejaculator, right? Like you typically, if a guy's a delayed ejaculator, that's something that happens is from a young age. And so that would be something interesting to yeah ask them. Talk about that because I I just felt this sort of as a woman you kind of feel like you're you've not it's new to me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no monogamous relationship for thirty seven years. It's sort of new to me. I'm thinking is this is this like a learned process? Is this just something he does? He doesn't seem to mind. He doesn't. You know, he's not saying he's not enjoying it. He's not coming back next week. It's, you know, it's it's just something he does. Okay. He's been in a very female-led relationship before mm. where male chastity has been around, you know, some lady liked controlling all that for him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just wondered whether that's sort of psychological or whether it's just, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really, really matter. matter. You know, you know, Josie, it doesn't matter. Like, honestly, but I think definitely talk to him about it, but right. it sounds to me like you guys are having a good time and everything's going well. And what it sounds to me that like everything you told me is that he's not really focused on his orgasm. And if it happens, it happens, but what a great conversation to have with him because I also understand yeah. as a woman, we're like, well, this is my job. If he doesn't come, is it really great sex? Does it mean I'm not doing enough? Am I not enough for him? Yeah. And that's just, you know, chalk that up to all the misinformation or zero information we get about sex. Okay. It's not always about that. And I for- think that's, 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 that goes vice versa because he's very much trying to, you know, for my orgasm. I'm, and I'm a bit like to him, forget it. Forget the goal. That's not a goal. I'm just, I enjoy all, you know, everything else is fantastic. Just don't worry about that side of things. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. So perhaps we need to have a slightly more honest conversation. At like, yeah. He's not worried. I'm not worried. Stop, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the great thing about wisdom and being a little bit older is like, let's just have the conversation. Josie, you're saying that you don't yeah. care about your orgasm, but maybe you do. Maybe there's other ways you can orgasm that he gets to work on play with your orgasm. You said he gets off on that too. So I think there's a lot more does, fun yeah. and exploring you guys can do together. And I think this is going to be, continue to be a really yeah, good time. I, as think, long as I think I need to stop worrying about him. He needs to stop worrying about me and we just need to crack on together. <laughs> exactly, Josie. <laughs> Really, you know, get out of our heads into our bodies and have a good time with this man and just have some frank conversations and then you'll know, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah I think that's the issue. I think the issue is he's in, he's in his head a lot. And um, I did listen to one of your podcasts today as I was walking about people being too much in their heads. And yes. I think that's his issue is he's in his head and he's thinking about it. So, um, but right. So I, my, my, my main question was the chastity and that hasn't caused it. The chastity of having his penis locked up into a cage. Let's ask him. We don't know if it's like chicken and egg thing here. Maybe he was always a delayed ejaculator and thought it would help, or maybe it just doesn't matter. factor into it. I have no idea. But again, if it did cause it, he would know, and he probably doesn't doesn't bother him. So he would. Yeah, he would know. He would know. But let's just have have a conversation conversation with him. Get back home. (laughs) Okay, good. Enjoy the rest of your vacation, and don't blame yourself here about it. You guys just going to get more information and find out how it goes. See what happens. I'll let you know. Okay. Keep us posted. Thanks, Thanks, Josie. Yes. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye bye. Chastity, male chastity. I love talking about these things because a lot of guys, you know, 
don't really understand or don't really see how the other ways that they could have pleasure in their bodies. And if you, does, you don't always have to be in the dominant role. And so guys who are into being more submissive, maybe they're having their penis in a cage that their partner controls the key, or maybe they just have their partner control their orgasms. They tell them when and where they can orgasm. And as Josie said, her partner is a very like masculine guy who is very strong and assured in his day-to-day life, but wants to be more submissive in the bedroom. Makes sense, right? We all get to decide different roles that we want to play. And I love that, you know, we get to explore. Chastity cages should be perfectly safe as long as you use a cage that fits properly, you clean it regularly, and then you work up to longer periods of wearing it. You don't have to just try to go for hours and days, definitely work into it. It's a process. A lot of times they can be used as, you know, solutions to premature ejaculation, but it shouldn't cause any delayed ejaculations or any other problems. But remember, we can learn so much more about our partners by just having open, honest, and curious conversations about sex. Love this question. Hold the phone. I'll be right back after a quick break for our sponsors. But before then, real quick, I got to tell you about Lalo. It's one of my top sex toy brands. They make luxury, beautiful, award-winning sex toys that feel so good on everybody and everybody. So their Hugo 2 and Hugo 2 remote prostate massagers are their updated designs to their previous prostate massagers, and it makes them ideal for all anatomies. Plus, these versions have additional 20% of power that let you enjoy even more intense pleasures. And listen, if you've been listening to this show, you know that stimulating the prostate can feel incredible. In fact, one of my predictions was that a lot of penis owners are going to start exploring their prostate this year. And the best way to stimulate the prostate is with a toy. It can be just harder to reach with a finger. And trust me, the toy is a sure thing. And the Hugo 2 and Hugo 2 remote, yes, it has a remote control so you get hands-free stimulation. They both give you these incredible orgasm-inducing vibrations that you can enjoy with your partner or you can do it solo. It is time to start exploring, okay? This is your year. So try something new and have way more pleasure. Go to Lalo.com and use the code SEXWITHEMILY at checkout to get 25% off site-wide. That's quite an offer. That's L-E-L-O.com. Use code SEXWITHEMILY for 25% off or make it easy. Click the link in our show notes. All right, everyone, we'll be right back. Hey, Cody, it's Dr. Emily. Thanks so much for calling in. How can I help you? Hi, I just have a question about if this is something you've ever heard of. My wife recently uh, gave birth to our first child. And one of the things that we've been doing in our sex life is that I'm actually suckling from her breasts. Okay. Um, is this something that you've ever heard of? Yeah. In and, fact, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> um, it's called erotic lactation. It is incredibly common. In fact, there was a survey I pulled this up for you. Four thousand Americans shared their fantasies, and thirty-one percent of men, thirty-one percent, said they fantasized about breast milk in some way before. I would say that definitely before we started it, it was something I, that uh, caught my curiosity. Like, oh, okay. What did it taste like? Uh, <laughs> how would it make me feel? And I love it. It's really fun. It's very engaging. It's just a new form of uh, intimacy. Yeah, it really can enhance intimacy. But also, how does your wife feel? She really enjoys it. It'll, sometimes it'll start out as a foreplay mm-hmm. and just 
and sometimes just thinking about it uh, gets her aroused, uh, wet down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these can give partners, you know, a real sense of intimacy. And you also have the hormones like oxytocin, which is the love hormone that's released during arousal and sexual activity, but even more so when nursing. So when nursing women release even more oxytocin. It's like, we call it the cuddle hormone too. So it would make sense that this would really be enhancing intimacy with both of you. You're good. You know, a lot of people after childbirth or when their partner's nursing, it can be a challenging time for couples to connect again, but it sounds like you have found a really beautiful way to, you know, connect with each other. And it can also feel great too, because the breasts are highly erogenous zones. So if she might be feeling some kind of stimulation from that, that's a great bonus. Yeah, she is. And um, it actually started out as me trying to help her because uh, even though pumping and trying to feed our daughter, uh, breastfeed our daughter, she, was, uh, she wasn't able to get all the milk out. So mm-hmm. it was causing her pain in her breast. And this all started because one of her friends, who, who's a nurse, suggested that I suck the milk out to relieve the pressure because I guess I grown, uh, just uh, an adult will be able to suck more. Right. You know? Yeah. And if she's having pain, so that probably helped her clear it out. So oh, that yeah. was good advice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like you're, her friend knew, knew what she was doing. And so she was having pain at first, you said, and then you were able to clear that out. And now she's actually having sensation again in her nipples. That feels good. Yep. Yeah. There's so much more to know about this, right? I think this is a uh, a practice that could help help women and with their partners feel more connected. So, good on you. It's a very taboo taboo uh, experience at first thought. Yeah, a lot of things that are you know beyond what missionary sex people often think are <laughs> taboo. But this is probably what makes it erotic too. Is that it's something that's sort of forbidden, and when we have the forbidden taboo things, that's kind of adds to the eroticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make it more hot for you? Oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely hot for me. Um, and at first, it was just to help her relieve the pain. And then I think I had stopped for a while. She was starting to get the ducts cleared out through pumping. And then it was just one night while we were having sex, um, I just squeezed the breast, and just the milk started squirting everywhere. And then mm-hmm. I just latched on, started sucking in. And All then right. I asked her what she felt about it, and she really enjoyed it. Okay. So we continued it. All right. Well, great. I don't think there's anything to worry about here. If you guys are two consenting adults, you're both having pleasure. You feel more connected. Your wife's in less pain. Sounds like you guys are really healing each other. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, and if you ever, because uh, I've been listening to your show for about five years. And, uh, I don't think I've ever heard a, a topic uh, about this before. Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't think that anybody has asked me during the show. I definitely have friends who have brought this up before. This fantasy can take different forms. It can be drinking a woman's breast milk or drinking directly from the breast or watching a woman lactate or, you know, watching them lactate during sexual activity or watching her lactate on you. There's like a lot of different ways, you know, so it's kind of an umbrella term. Also, people call it adult breastfeeding, but 
There's a lot of mm-hmm. different ways that couples can play with this, and it's more common than we think. So I don't know that we've talked about it. So what I love is that you brought this up because I don't know if I haven't talked about the show, it's been a while now. So I'm glad you called in. I love people call in with things that maybe they don't hear because you, what you've done here is you've helped to normalize this for people who might be having this fantasy or who might be thinking about it. Yeah. But I just want to say there are health risks. Just don't buy breast milk online just for anyone listening who gets excited about this like it's not regulated it could have some bacteria in it if it's untested just do the real thing yeah uh, and and from a trusted person that's in your life yeah exactly sounds like you guys are in a good place i appreciate your call and being you know open and and honest about what your experience is thank you for taking my call okay thank you this was really fun it was really great to talk to you cody thanks for listening calling in and and sharing your your question we appreciate you Okay, Cody, have a great day. Bye. (laughs) This is something that comes up. People have whispered about or you feel a little bit taboo about it. But I think that the more we can talk about things that could allow couples to feel more connected, this is not the kind of thing that you can do all the time. Obviously, your partner needs to be lactating and breastfeeding. But I like the idea of couples finding ways to really connect during this time when sex can be really challenging, can be painful. I love that this question just sort of probably opened up for a lot of people, maybe fantasies that they've had. So if you have a question as well, and you haven't heard it on the show, even better, but there is no bad, stupid questions. There's nothing that's wrong. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to blame you. You're probably already doing that yourself. We're never done exploring our sexuality. This is from Bill. He's 40 in Wisconsin. Hey, Bill. Thanks so much for calling in. This is Dr. Emily. How can I help you? Yes, I'm a big fan. Don't say that. Well, what was that? Uh, when we started to try doing plain sex, I realized that her uh, vaginal was always tight. It, it always hurt her. It always gave her discomfort. And what was happening was we had to have her uh, breathe more, have her do uh, extra exercises to make it, to make, it uh, make it more uh, more comfortable. So what I learned with then what we have tried doing was learn with started doing uh, having anal sex. And what's happening with it was a lot for some reason it was a lot smoother for that process. But it was always weird because it was always with, with vaginal it was it, it was so it was a good discomfort but with, but, with, but whenever we did anal it was it was a very long time. It was, it was the opposite. Okay. So I, I never met any person <laughs> how that ever came about. So I was trying to figure out how's that possible, you know? Right. Okay, so you're you know, saying it was different. Yeah. So what you're saying is that you tried to have vaginal sex with her, and it was more painful for her. But when you have anal sex, right. she really enjoys anal sex, and so she prefers right. that to vaginal penetration. Yeah. Okay. It's not as and, common, but it would make sense. First off, if she has vaginal pain, she might have just enjoy anal sex more because she has pain. But also for a lot of vulva owners, they do have a lot of pleasure during anal. They can have orgasms. There's a lot of nerve endings in our, you know, anus as well. So that might be it. Have you ever talked to her about it? Yes. um, She said with with people before me, she said that um, it was no problem because because with them it was, it was, uh, it it was fine, it was normal. But, But she also said that it also wasn't as long either. Like a couple of minutes long. What wasn't as long? So she said the sex wasn't as long either, though. Oh, okay. So you're saying it's lasting yeah. a lot longer. Right. So right. sounds like right. she's exploring with you different ways of experiencing pleasure. So it's all good. You yeah. know, it sounds like if she's having a good time and this feels like a different experience for her and 
you're enjoying it. I yeah. love it. And, and also, can I, add, can I add one more thing too? Sure, of course. And one thing because so I've been listening to your show for so long, uh, even from uh, the a while back when you did uh, sex, uh, sexual um, sexual personality, and then I explained it to people and it's like, because everyone is different, you know. And <laughs> also, too, one thing I've also um, learned is that also, no one to be ashamed to take sex adult sex ed class. It yeah. makes you realize what you never thought was possible. Yeah. I'm telling you, I use it all ever since I was 21. So, wow. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, yes. I mean, <gasps> I'm so glad you've been listening for so long. Thanks, Bill. It's really good yes. to talk to you. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I'm at the post office, so absolutely. Whenever, okay. whenever I do, I was oh, listen to while I'm working. Okay, you're working. Well, thank you for making time. I am so, so glad. Thank you for, for listening and for, you know, just challenging yourself sexually and continuing to grow. We're all in this together. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye, Phil. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to talk to you, you too. Have a great day. Let's just talk about anal sex for a minute. I mean, thank you, Bill, for, for your call. There's a lot of vulva owners who have pleasure that way. They do. People always think, oh, women can actually like anal sex. Yes, they can. And they can have anal orgasms. So remember that the clitoris is really an internal and an external organ. So when we talk about having all these nerve endings, we have legs. And the legs of the clitoris extend all the way deep inside and it can even extend into the anus. So it's like you could have be hitting the nerve endings of the vagina, of the clitoral legs. Again, women's sexual health is not as studied as much. So people still have, there's still debate about all of this. But I believe a lot of the pleasure that we have comes from these incredible clitoral nerves that extend way deep inside. And so a lot of vulva owners can't have pleasure that way. Way when they learn to open up and explore, because a lot of us have been told that it's painful. You know, maybe we had a bad first time experience, but now if we're with a partner who's open and willing to slow down and explore, we might find that there's just a lot more pleasure to be had all over our bodies. If you are a little bit more intimidated or haven't tried anal play, remember you can try during solo sessions. You can try to stimulate yourself and see how does it feel to be penetrated? How does it feel to have a finger inside me or even just externally? You know, the sphincter muscles has a lot of pleasure there. So play around. I would say in 2024, maybe there still is a lot of taboo around anal sex, but I'd just like to get to the point where we all just get to explore it and see, does this feel good to me? Do I enjoy it? Can I let go of limiting beliefs I have around it or even bad experiences I had in the past and start to build up Go slow, explore, and see what feels good. Remember, if you have vaginal pain, you do not have to live with vaginal pain. It is something that has been really understudied for women, and oftentimes they go to their doctors and there's not a lot of accurate information, but you can find someone who can help you on the path to healing. It might be a pelvic floor physical therapist who could help you figure out where is this pain coming from? Is it tightening of your pelvic floor? A lot of us don't realize that we are chronically tensing our pelvic floor and therefore we don't even know that that those nerve endings have become a lot tighter. Or maybe we were born with an overgrowth of nerve endings in our vagina and we don't really know how to explore that. It could be hormones. There's a lot of reasons why we could have pain. But I just want women to know that you don't have to live with pain. It is not your lot in life. It is not you know, the end of your sex life. So 
You can talk to your gynecologist and see if they have information about that. Pelvic floor physical therapist is a great way to start. Figure out what you could do so you can have more pleasurable sex. Thanks for your question, Bill. We appreciate you. And thanks for being a longtime listener. Did he say he's been listening since he was 21? That's amazing to me. Thank you, Bill. That's it for today's episode. See you on Friday. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us a review wherever you listen to the podcast and share this with a friend or partner. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sex with Emily. Oh, I've been told I give really good email. So sign up at sexwithemily.com. And while you're there, check out my free guides and articles for more ways to prioritize your pleasure. If you'd like to ask me about your sex life, dating, or relationships, call my hotline, 559-TALK-SEX. That's 559-825-5739. Or go to sexwithemily.com slash askemily. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com.